0: Greetings, Dr. Beckett. Welcome to the Quantum Leap Podcast.
1: This is Mason Alexander-Park, and you are listening to the Quantum Leap Podcast. In
2: 1995, theorizing that one could time travel within their own lifetime, Dr. Sam Beckett stepped into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and vanished. After years of attempting to bring him home, the project was abandoned. Until now.
1: You are listening to the Quantumly podcast. This is episode one fifteen, July thirteenth, nineteen eighty five. How did I get here? Yeah,
0: I know a million bad decisions, I guess, but I am not going to let the one thing I got right in my life slip through my fingers. Ben,
3: oh
0: thank God. We've been trying to find you for hours. What the hell happened? We weren't ready. Why did you leave? Do I know you? Do you?
2: You don't remember me.
0: I don't remember anything. We knew memory loss could be a side effect of the leak. Leak, why do you keep saying, what's happening to me? Okay, this is all gonna feel a little overwhelming, so I'm gonna explain it to you slowly. Your name is Dr. Ben Song. You're a time traveler from the year 2022. I'm Addison Augustine. We're, we work together. I'm here to bring you home. But to do that, you need to- thank me? You need to what? You need to get that imaging camera back online now. I'm
3: working on it, that and about a thousand other things. Ziggy is offline.
0: What? How?
4: Right before he leaped, Ben uploaded a bunch of new code, like a whole new version of the quantum operating system. Why? The past five years, we've been trying to figure out how to send someone to a single point in time and then bring them right back to take the work of Sam Beckett and make it so that you don't get stuck in the past.
0: Yeah, And I know, I've been here since the beginning.
4: We were still in the simulation phase. We were years away from actual human testing. And yet Ben just suddenly magically writes a whole new operating system, gets into the machine, and then leaps. None of it makes any sense. The Pentagon is asking questions. At some point, I'm gonna to have to tell
0: them the truth. No! The second that you do, they are going to shut us down and we are never gonna get Ben home. We can't let that happen. Find out what he's there to do and bring him home. Now, if we have any hope of getting you home, you have to do the same for this guy. What the hell kind of time travel project is this? How does helping someone cause me to leap? We don't know. What do you know about him? <sighs> His name's Nick Rounder, he's a part of a stick-up crew, if that's what they call them. This is crazy, I can't do this. Yes, you can. They think you're Nick Rounder. Keep it that way and you'll be fine. Ben, I need to talk to you. Ryan's not a criminal, he's trying to save his wife. I think that's why I'm here, to help him. You are. Ryan shot dead tonight. You're here to save his life.
1: Welcome to the Quantum Leap podcast, everyone. I'm Christopher D. Filippis. I'm Allison Pregler. And I'm Matt Dale. And today, the time has finally come. We <sighs> are reviewing the new Quantum Leap. We've been waiting so
3: long wow. for this moment. New <laughs> Quantum words. Leap. Those are words I never thought I'd hear Chris saying. Well, they're the words that Chris thought Chris would
1: never uh hear saying or some whatever you just said, right what you said but I said it, right <laughs> That's how excited this is I am. a great start I can't this even. podcast. We're doing so well. <laughs> Welcome to all of the new listeners. You see how professional we are here because I have to assume there are some new listeners who are hopping on because they saw the
3: new show. So, Welcome, Leapers. Welcome. New Leapers. You've got 114 episodes of the podcast to go back and listen. Go and listen to them first. None of this will make any sense unless you've listened to <laughs> don't 114 understand episodes. the lore. <laughs> you've the lore of the podcast. We're going to be making jokes about diaper monkeys. It's not going to mean anything to you. I'm kidding. This is not going to happen. This this is accessible.
1: Yes, this is a good starting point if you're new to the podcast, just like the uh, reboot. It's not even a reboot. I can't even say that anymore. But anyway, we'll get into that. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about the premiere of the new Quantum Leap. And in addition to that, we are also going to be bringing you an interview with Addison Augustine herself, Caitlin Bassett, the new observer. Uh, she she so spoke sweet. to
4: us. <laughs> Can you believe she it? She was so nice.
3: So
1: yeah. lovely. Yeah, she was great. And she tells us about how she got the part and what Leapers might have in store as the new season progresses. So it's just a, it was a fun, fun interview. And we can't wait to bring that to you. That'll she was happen. dropping
4: all the spoilers. Oh, yeah. She said what's going on all of this season, all of next season. <laughs> and she dropped all the tea on everyone. It was wild.
3: <laughs> the five-year arc. You heard it here first. You just gotta got to sit through the rest of the podcast and then you'll know. <laughs> yeah, that's all what? a blatant lie. But Caitlin was great. <laughs> yeah, she was.
4: <laughs> yeah. Just so you know, that was all a joke.
3: <laughs> oh, goodness, these new listeners. Not- uh, but the interview is real, by the way. The jo- the interview yeah. is not a joke.
4: Yes. <laughs> the interview is real. She was very nice. She told us very cool things. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it is true. It is true. And yeah, so wait for that. That'll be after the break. And, you know, it, it's funny because I feel like for the first time, that we've been hosts of the Quantum Leap Podcast. We need to sort of maybe reintroduce the podcast and sort of how we do things in case we do have new listeners. So as you heard, I'm Chris and we have Allison and Matt, the co-hosts. And we discuss every episode, we break it down and we talk about, you know, different aspects of it. But I think it's important for everybody to know how we sort of frame our discussions because we are all huge Quantum Leap fans. There's no disputing that. And nobody wants this show to succeed more than we do. Uh, That being said, we're also not a fluff show. Like we don't just come and say, that was great. And wasn't that part great? And hey, this is great. We have like an honest discussion. And if we see issues, if we see missteps, if we see things that we think just plain stink, we call it out. We'll do it in a loving way. We'll do it in a funny way. But um, we have honest respectful discussion here so if that is something that you're into that's what you're going to get from us you know sometimes I feel weird and this is something that we haven't had to address in a long time because we've been talking about a show that's been off the air for 30 years right yeah yeah. so we can say oh my god diaper monkey that's a load of shit
4: (laughs) (laughs) if there's another diaper monkey though I feel like I'll have the same reaction and if anyone from the show the new show is listening diaper monkey part two it's nobody wants this but i kind of want it so keep it in mind maybe for season two
3: we spent the best part of i think two seasons building up to my least favorite episode and then when the time came chris managed to arrange for the writer to be on the podcast with us so i got to tell him to his face how much it sucked! And, oh, but uh, he
4: didn't like it either, though. He d-
1: exactly, <laughs> <That's> true. <'Cause laughs>
3: yeah, twenty years. The person that
1: hates that episode more than you is Tommy
3: Tots. <laughs> it was, uh, but that that was easy. Like you say, this is this is new for us to actually be talking about something that's going out right, right now, and there are there are people out there working on this show at the moment. Right. So, so we have
1: nothing, yeah. nothing but love, yeah. nothing but respect. And we are just in awe of all the hard work that you guys yeah. are doing and, you know, you're all yeah. killing it. So let's get that out there hmm. to begin sure. with. All right. So, uh, yeah, again, I feel like that's always been a given, but it's always best to be safe, especially, you know, if you're speaking to a new audience. So welcome. If you're here and you're new, welcome. We hope that you enjoy the show. And we're going to start where we always do with some first impressions. So, Allison. Give us your first impressions of July 13th,
4: 1985. Uh, I'd like to ask that this time around, maybe we don't start with me. All like, right. I, I would like to start off with some more. Uh, with it. I'd just like to hear what you guys have to All say right. first before okay. I get into my Can, thing. You know what? I have like a whole thing planned,
1: Matt. Do you want to go first or sure. however you want to do? it? Yeah. Okay.
3: So what do you think, Matt? So... Getting past the fact that Quantum Leap is back. So, I mean, I, I just watched the first 10 seconds of this just being in awe of the fact that Quantum Leap is back and I stopped being excitable. Um, and actually trying to look at it through a critical eye. It's, 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 it's a pilot with a lot to introduce in 42 minutes. And it mm. rushes along at breakneck speed, which can be, can be a good thing. It, it was certainly exciting. It also maybe could have done with some room to breathe. But there's a lot to love in it. I, I, Although they were introducing characters and concepts so quickly, everything that was being introduced, I, I just had a big grin on my face. I think there's some really cool characters, some of which we haven't really got to know yet, and I, I think we'll talk about that more as the podcast goes on. There's one or two characters that are still very much in the background. But it's promising, um, and that, that was overall the feeling I got from this. There's a lot that I'm still waiting to see in future episodes, but it was a promising start.
1: All right, that's cool because, yeah, it's, it's funny. I, I have a weird thing. When it comes to properties that I love, franchises that I love, I always have to balance my expectations with the reality of what I'm going to see on screen. And, like, any time... I watch, say, like a new Star Trek movie or a new Star Trek show, or that's just a ready example because there's been a lot of new stuff like that lately. I become like so hyper alert that I am juggling a million things in my head <laughs> about the story, about the dialogue, about the lore, about how does this jive and where does this fit in history? And, oh, look over there. There's something shiny. And, oh, wait, what did they just say? And I'm so overwhelmed that I, I – it, it just it, – it fails to coalesce in my head. I only see like – all of these separate pieces floating. And I always have to watch something at least two times, three preferably before I can settle into it. If it's something that I really Mm. love. And that really was the case with this one. It was just like, I was so hyper-focused on every little thing that came across the screen that everything was glaring to me. Oh, is that dialogue any good? Oh, that's a, that's a weird clunky transition. Oh, what's going on over there? Oh, that's really cool. Oh, I remember <laughs> that. And it was just like ah, too much. And I watched it again immediately after and I had almost the same experience because it's Quantum Leap. So I had to give it some, some rest time. I, I let it sit, not for one day, but for two. And then I watched it again this morning before we recorded. I watched it twice. And damn it if I didn't just sink right into it. Mm. And I enjoyed it so much more because all of that 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 nervous energy was finally gone. Like I, I, my fandom was finally calm. And I could just sit and watch the episode for what it is. And Matt, I had a lot of the same issues that you did with the pacing. Breakneck speed, a lot of the issues with some of the character stuff, but because they have to introduce this, this vast world to a whole bunch of new viewers, potential new viewers and get them on board with a very difficult concept. What I loved about it is that it is very much a continuation and I feel like what we see there is the bones of a continuation that will honor the original in as much as it can while forging a new path, forging its own path. So that's, you know, like I said, there, there are some shortfalls and there are some really great things. We'll get into that in more detail. But overall, I'm very happy and I have a positive feeling about where we could go with this.
4: Yeah, uh, I think I had a kind of a similar experience to you. Look, I mean, we're, we're all, we've been behind the show since day one. We've been rooting for it, I want it to be successful, I've just been, like, watching every little clip and trailer and, and uh, promos, and I'm like, ooh, this is going to be so good, just b- build up the hype, you know? And uh, we've done uh, a few interviews uh, by this point with people involved with the show, and they've all been so funny and charming, and talked about really, like, their processes going into these characters, the thought that they've put into this. I, j- I love the idea of, of all of these characters and this plot that they're setting up, and, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, like, I'm just rooting for them so much. And then I put, <laughs> put this episode on... <laughs> And the first time I watched it, I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. It oh, must I, have been uh, so bad, but look at me take a moment. So oh. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm just have like been the, the, the Mr. Krabs meme, right? Where it's <laughs> spinning around me, and I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> I watched it with my husband, and he's like, what is going on? <laughs> I'm like, so we watched uh, an early access screener. We were lucky enough to be able to see it. And so I kind of, I went through so, like 700 different emotions after this, right? <laughs> like I'm, I'm angry and then I'm in denial and then I'm kind of depressed about it. And then I'm kind of like, well, I guess it's okay. And then I'm like, no, I'm really, oh, I'm so mad. And I'm sitting there and I'm just being a real turd. I'm being just <laughs> a big turd. So I took a breather and I wait a couple days and I watched the episode again on my own. And I just, I, I really pay attention to it. And I had a better experience. I, I found it better the second time around. And I came away feeling more hopeful about it. Uh, I agree with a lot of the points that you guys have brought up so far. Uh, there's still quite a bit of issues going on. But uh, what I really want to do is is take that stinky attitude away that I've had. Uh, <laughs> and just uh, concentrate on the hopeful parts of it. Because I think there's really a seed of something great here. and uh, And I don't think that they're beyond fixing it. A lot of pilots can be pretty rough.
1: Well, you know what, I, what, what occurred to me this morning, as I was doing my fourth rewatch, it's almost like we've been waiting for this for so long. Uh, if you recall my reaction when we got that first full-length trailer i got Mm. choked up i got Mm -hmm. excited and sweaty i literally had to step out of my office where i was working to get a breath of fresh air because i was so taken and so overwhelmed and i think that that was the feeling that we all wanted from this first episode and we got it we just happened to get it In the trailer. The problem is that once you go beyond everything that's in the trailer, which is just reintroducing the the universe and showing the new Accelerator Chamber and all that stuff, then it just becomes sort of an exercise in teaching people who don't know Quantum Leap about Quantum Leap. And it's giving them a basic leap and giving Mm -hmm. them all of the character introductions and giving them the universe and giving them some lore and giving them, you know, Sam and Al a little bit and really... It had a lot like like Matt said, it had a lot to do in forty two minutes and I think I, I
4: kind of felt like I watched a forty two minute trailer to be yes. honest uh, it yeah. was it was so quick there was just no time for anything, and that's not anyone's fault in particular. It's just they they had too much to fit into forty two minutes, and I really feel like it it didn't have enough time to to service. Uh, either of the stories, the Leap stuff or the stuff at the project. And uh, I feel like I got more of that the second time around, more of the emotional beats. I know what they were going for, but I just feel like it really could have hit in ways that it, it didn't because the the editing was just so frantic. It, it was... It was a little messy.
3: The the first three or four minutes, my feelings particularly were, yeah, it, this, this feels like an extra long trailer because... The camera didn't stop moving. There was constant cutting around. There was music. There was like the epic shot of the the project bursting to life. Basically, everything up to that leap did feel like just a trailer. That well, hang on. There should be another three or four minutes worth of material in here to pad this out. Yeah. And it took me a few watches to really kind of actually get into. Okay, there's actually a bit of story here. There's an engagement party. There's people talking. There's stuff going on. I need to pay attention to this and not just go, "Ooh, ooh, shiny, shiny," which is which is all I was yeah. doing the first time around. I was like, "Okay, this is when's the, when's the episode going to start?" Yeah, mm. I, I think really, I think the network really um, they
4: made things difficult for them mm. because uh, comparing this to the earthquake episode, I did manage to read the script for that and see what they've changed specifically about the. The introductory elements and this whole uh, engagement scene, adding it to the beginning, uh, added adding this whole exposition dump. It, it really feels like they did not trust the audience mm. to follow the story. Like it's it's really it, like. <sighs> it's the most clunky this is the worst part of the episode to me is is the exposition at the party within like 30 seconds everyone is like here is my name here is my job here is my function and it's just it's really clunky i i felt really bad for Nanrisa ali having to do the security of the party line <laughs> because it was really it was really clunky it's really bad and i feel like um the the engagement reveal would have hit much harder if they hadn't revealed it in the very beginning of the episode. So
3: I've mixed on that. It did feel like every, everyone that's ever worked in the corporate world, every meeting that we've ever sat through that starts off with, let's go around the table. Hi, I'm Matt. I'm the manager <laughs> and I've been here for 13 years. And I'm really happy to be here. Next.
1: Mm, I'm gonna give it more of a pass than that.
3: I they're feel talking
4: like... about secret time travel projects yeah, yeah. at <laughs> in a party. The of the party Although yeah. I get it. To it's be fair, that seems like something they would allude to in the original show. There was a lot of things going on at Project Quantum Leap where it's like, would you really be doing that though? Like yeah, they're like we're z Rusting our butt at a party. <laughs> and like, all right are.
1: Now we're actually seeing the party. There was, yeah. We we're
3: yeah. Always yeah. seeing the party. There was a disappointing lack of sex at that party. That was not true. Quantum Leap that was not honoring Uh, there's probably
4: people in in Ben's room doing that and he's all annoyed because like they're they're having sex on my stuff
3: (laughs) there's so much people
4: in my party ah
3: so that's when he was I
2: did like that aspect I did like that
3: Ben just hates parties everyone's touching our stuff with their genitals (laughs) that's what he was getting at I I can I I feel sorry for you Ben I get that that's fine
4: yeah, I mean, I, I really feel like they should have just introduced everyone doing the jobs that they're doing yes. and then trust the audience to follow along instead of this kind of clunky exposition. Because Quantum Leap, uh, as a show, uh, really is a very exposition-heavy show every episode anyway, because you have to have the leap explanation. You have to kind of mm-hmm. set all that up that way. But if you're introducing all of the, for the project stuff, the world that they live in, you, you could just have them doing the things that they do and organically put that in there you didn't really need to have this whole engagement party scene with everyone in saying all this stuff and they have like two seconds to do it basically
3: there's one particularly embarrassing part of exposition and i'm sure we'll get on to the fun stuff in a bit but let's if we're talking about the exposition there's, there's one particularly clunky part a bit later on where Mason just basically starts explaining the entire plot to Addison and she has oh, yeah. to stop him and say I've been here since the start. <laughs> yeah,
4: I know. Yeah, and yeah. then they continue. And then, <laughs> they continue. She like she's like, yeah, I've been here since the beginning and then they keep telling the story.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Bravo
3: yeah. to Mason for uh, managing <laughs> yeah. those lines cuz they deliver them so well. It's 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 yeah. just when you stop and think, no this They're designed is designed for the trailer. Yeah. They're designed for the
1: trailer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's and again, we're watching a show for new viewers not yeah. for quantum leap fans and we just have to get sure. over that because yeah. it's a yeah, lot but I it's mean, a like, lot
4: I, you know but to say that like you know the fans or new people need to be introduced to it i get it and that's part of the reason that they did a new pilot the network thought that it wasn't as accessible to new viewers um there's ways to introduce things organically into yeah. a story uh that isn't just stating it you, in the fashion I that agree. they do, so, do Until, i don't
2: yeah, sure, I and I tell. feel like
4: also part of this is just they, they didn't have a lot of time yeah. because they were scrambling to do a new pilot. They'd already shot one, and they have, like, a, sh- a show to do. So they only have so much time to put into writing a whole new script, putting some of these same ideas into it, putting in what the network wants, what you have available. Mm-hmm. A lot of this is shot on the back lot. So I think, like, they really had to scramble to, to put this thing together.
1: I, I agree, and the seams do show, and at least they tried to disguise some of the clunky exposition as witty banter at a party until Mason had to just reiterate. I think there were two scenes where they had to just espouse about what is happening and and the project, uh, because it wasn't only that scene with Addison that uh, they were discussing it, but then they had the scene where Ian is freaking out. Oh, I just need a breath. And then... Ian has to say everything to magic about how Ben is lost in the space-time stream or something like that. And it's just like, okay, we really want to make sure you guys are getting this audience. Do you get it? Do you get it? So I I understand why they were doing it. If you think about...
3: Sorry, just to to stick on that for a moment, because I actually liked that scene. It it, it is an exposition dump. It's explaining the emotions rather than showing them. But at least it does show a bit of emotion, and it's... I don't know, I connected to it. I thought it was sweet, and I thought the mushroom stuff was hilarious, so there was that too. So I gave it a pass for that bit, definitely.
4: I I feel like Mason Alexander Park really stole the show (laughs) Mm -hmm. and was uh, one of the parts I I did enjoy even the first time around, I think because a lot of their character is very quippy lines that's very easy to, to put in and like either it's funny or it's not you know comedy is subjective but you can really quickly get it get that in there and be like that yeah I that was a funny bit mm-hmm. um when it comes to the more emotional bits there was that scene that opened with them um crying it was almost like a smash cut it, it felt out of nowhere to me and I felt really bad because like I, I know what the intention is with the character and and what they're doing there um, but there's no time to build up on any of the emotional moments mm-hmm. it was the same with uh, the at the very end with Addison looking at the phone uh, in the midst of the, the remains of their engagement party um, crying I felt like this it could have been. Such a gut wrenching scene, but because they had to fit in all of this other stuff, uh, I, I just didn't have time to connect with any of it. And I, I think maybe this is something that as the show goes on, when I look back at the pilot, I'll connect more to because I know the characters mm-hmm. better by this point. But just as an introductory thing, like it, I just feel like it missed the mark. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I think that
1: when I got to know the characters a little bit better and was settled into the dynamic more i think that the romance between ben and addison worked better on subsequent viewings and i found myself really invested in it by the time i did my last rewatch to the point where i could tell okay they had that 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 whole scene where he's talking about quantum entanglement and um the fact that science is romance and I said wait a minute that is so star-crossed that is so like <laughs> Sam and Donna mm. star-crossed <laughs>
4: yeah they, they, it's you the know? poetry
1: of physics right the poetry of physics <laughs> some the people say that
4: physicists can't be romantic <laughs> <laughs> <But> <laughs> that I, was the kind of cornball dialogue I can get behind though but some people it. say physicists can't be romantic I like but it, here you know, let me throw some romance
1: at you <laughs> but then you notice that they have them where they're holding hands and they have that close-up of their hands separating and it's like oh that's the last time they touch <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh no the gut wrench <laughs> so yeah, and it was just like when i first saw it i was just like oh yeah i get it and then i was watching it i was like
4: oh yeah i get it
2: <laughs> <laughs> sniffle hold me
1: so and maybe it's because at that point we had spoken to caitlin so i was already a little
4: bit more invested in. yeah that's uh, the thing too after these interviews like it makes me even more like you know like i already love them so i want to (laughs) love you know what's going on in the show and i feel like i i can tell the thought and the 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 love put into it so you know i'm rooting for it i think like things will get better yeah, I'm sure. I'm very curious too. What's uh, what's it going to be in the final episode versus what we saw? Because uh, we we saw a screener. It was not complete. Mm. From what I hear, a lot of screeners are kind of like this from NBC. Sometimes it's earlier versions, so I don't know what stage of completeness they are uh, close to release or anything. But uh, there were certain things in this, like uh, there was live aid in here, just as an incidental, like establishing the time period. There was a he was watching it on a car uh, television and um, there was a poster in the trailer for the episode the poster was edited to just Mm. say concert for World Hunger and not Live Aid so I'm very curious if this was something that they were still clearing and got the rights to and now it's in the pilot or if it's something they initially put in there and they didn't get the rights to Mm. and had to take it out Yeah,
1: it's funny and that, that wasn't a car TV he had what was once known as a Sony Watchman it was well, Sony's follow-up to the Walkman. It was something that never really okay. took off as a fad.
4: So, oh, okay. Yeah. See, that shows I, I know nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: I, I lived through these times, so. Okay. Well, yes. good. You
4: can explain yeah, the history to us. I can, explain, I can us. explain that
1: mystery to you. But uh, yeah, I mean, if, if we can maybe start just a little bit with, with some of the bigger picture stuff. I know we're getting into a lot of the character stuff, and, and I love that. But I, I had set up at the top of the show, I love the way that this started. It was just white text on a black screen, which is exactly where we left off in in the original series, explaining that in 1995, Sam Beckett stepped into the quantum leap accelerator and vanished. And it, it goes on from there, which to me gave me such, such a good feeling because mm. they established it immediately as a sequel. This is not a reboot. This is a season six. And this is – we're, we're going we're gonna to bring you right where you left off, Leapers. You might not get everything you want right in this first episode because we got a lot, a lot of exposition to get through. You're not the only ones watching. But this is a sequel for you. And I, I was immediately heartened by that. And then immediately confused because Project Quantum Leap's now in Los Angeles apparently. Mm. So this is a completely new project. This is a new Project Quantum Leap uh, based on Sam's work. But built somewhere differently, a completely different control room, completely different everything, which I think is a brilliant move because not only do you have um, a whole new project to play with and to explore as a leaper, but I'm waiting. I'm waiting until they have to make this, this emergency trip to a defunct project in New Mexico and we you, get a, you big, a lot big, of
4: lofty dreams man <laughs> we, get a,
1: we get a big gummy bear control panel coming back to life Try and we you. get a big
4: blue orb just, just sparking back in with some snark oh i can't wait so i i wish uh yeah that's one of the things that really bothered me honestly i don't i, I feel like they it's weird to me how much they gutted from uh, the original show right down to the location. It was just weird mm-hmm. to me cuz like there was not really a lot of elements that have remained from the original show outside of the core concept. It very much came off like just a remake to me, which is it can be fine by itself too. I don't I'm not against the idea of a remake either. I'm not against the idea of them continuing the story and obviously there are some or- overarching story elements that that are connected to the original quantum leap. I just uh, I wish that there had been more stuff retained even aesthetically from what we saw i didn't really understand uh why the project had this constant like diner evening mood lighting going on <laughs>
2: uh
4: i didn't really understand the aesthetic of the whole show though to be honest this may be a modern tv issue that's just me but all of the like the color tinting lots of greens and oranges uh maybe they're like this is what sci-fi shows should look like it was
3: it was very ugly it was very
4: dark not pleasant to the eye <laughs> To me, anyway,
3: just in terms of that decision to shift to LA, uh, we haven't seen any of what what I'm about to say yet. But I'm hoping that there is a good plot reason for them being in LA. That we we know we're going to see more of the people at the project. Are we going to see them out and about doing things outside the project? I probably. don't know if that's something I'm interested in seeing, but if they don't do that then it's kind of a pointless move. And we we know that in New Mexico there was like Sex World and stuff. I mean they they still could have they still could have <laughs> done that, but I guess maybe if they want to do something that's a bit more uh, grounded in reality then fine, but that's I that's going to be interesting and different if they actually have like the whole Project team going out for dinner at some LA restaurant that is actually recognizable. Um, it's mm. it's going to be strange if they do that, but if they don't do that, then it's a wasted opportunity.
4: Yeah, I mean there are uh, parts of LA that you can fake into being New Mexico. Yeah. That's what they did in the last the original show. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's parts of the desert you can go to. Like there's, uh, yeah. you can just go to parts of the city that could be New Mexico or LA. You know. Uh, it probably was just for a practical reason, though, because yeah. they want to do, if they said 50-50 with the project. We'll see how they, they end up actually going, but they do want to have a heavy emphasis on that. It probably was just for practical mm. reasons, so they don't have to keep disguising it as something else.
2: Oh, yeah. oh!
3: can I just, sorry, this is completely off on a tangent, um, but I know this isn't going to come up naturally otherwise. Um, one of my favorite things, uh, its just you mentioned disguising, one of my favorite things in the original series is spotting them uh, going to different parts of america but they're still being palm trees in the background and oh um, yeah yeah and, and we saw in in the press screener we've seen a lot of like half complete cg and you, you can see there's comments where uh, they're digitally removing palm trees from all over the place so there's a whole new thing to look out for now yeah not, not that,
4: that ended up in the trailer uh and some of this stuff because there were people on twitter pointing that out they're like a lot of palm trees over there huh <laughs> <laughs> So that maybe they took note from that i don't know i'm gonna but, miss spotting uh, yeah. them
3: but uh, i do like seeing the half completed effects. so hopefully we'll get more of those press screeners
4: <laughs> my my favorite part of the half completed <laughs> effects and i assuming this is not going to be in the final episode the getty images
3: watermark yes! <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw that allison and i thought of you but I didn't want to <laughs> spoil so it for you. Funny. I didn't mention that it, but was so that was funny. brilliant.
1: <laughs> so you guys might not know what we're talking about no. out there in uh, yeah. podcast land because the wet cut that we saw, um, they, when Addison holds the hand link up and the holograph of Sam shows up, and she explains yeah, there's a holograph of is. Sam
4: because she's talking about uh, uh, what happened on the previous project, and there's some some promo images of Scott Bakula.
1: Right, right. And so then they cut to a start where it's just sort of off um, in the corner of the screen, and you can see a headshot of Scott that has a Getty Images logo like pasted right across it. So <laughs> obviously it was a placeholder until they get the, the final one in. But yeah, it was it was very we, funny. I don't know. Guys, I mean, I know it's funny for us, but I don't know. If this is the kind of stuff as we go on and we see these screeners. Should we point out this stuff because no one's ever seen it? I think it's but super <laughs> funny. Maybe we'll but keep I that mean, for an after show or something. Thing,
4: yeah, here's the thing that 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 bugs me. Right, I'm good at, at dunking on things because uh, I don't put in any real work on these shows. So like, I uh, <laughs> I can be like, ha ha, that's funny. That ended up in there. What's that effect all about? But um, but when we're looking at screeners. We don't know if this is the completed effect. We don't know what the completed episode is going to look like till later. I, I'm sure I will uh, watch this again you know, to give another look uh, in the completed form. But as of recording these, you know, I can't be like, I don't know about these fire effects. Because I don't know if that's the completed effect. Yeah. yeah. Even some of the song choices may not be the final song choices. Oh, so that would be a tragedy. Interesting to see. Yeah, that would be a tragedy. Yeah, they do a lot of needle drops in this, which I think helped a little bit. Mm. But I do think that they... Uh, the fact that this takes place in the 80s was pretty irrelevant. Oh, yeah. There well, were some 80s stuff, but I feel like especially for the pilot of your time travel show, you you really need to make it specific to that particular decade. And then later on in other episodes, it doesn't have to always be about that. Mm. But uh, it felt like it, it kind of missed the mark as a time travel show in that aspect as well. Mm. As someone, again, who uh, lived through the 80s, I'm going to give you a dirty secret about the
1: 80s. There is nothing remarkable about the eighties. If you're going to
4: do a time travel show. You can see ugly eighties and have it be the eighties though. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be all the neon and there's just been a
1: a recent not 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 really so recent. I feel like ever since The Wedding Singer, when Adam Sandler did that movie, like this this sort of nostalgia bloom for the (laughs) eighties took off and there was nothing really great about the 80s to harken back to and if you're going to do a time travel show... See, I thought show... Girls
4: Are Easy was a documentary.
3: Oh, oh classic. <laughs> it's a great, great movie.
1: <laughs> but if you're going to do a time travel show, like the place you want to go to least is the 80s and I feel bad that you know, they're constrained with Ben's lifetime where a lot of the leaps are going to take place necessarily in the 80s. I mean, the 50s looks like the 50s. The 60s looks like the 60s. The 70s looks like the 70s. The
4: 80s, the 80s has an aesthetic that you can go to and i know this from like pictures and videos like home videos and things from people actually in the 80s there there is an aesthetic yeah. to it and there are things specific to that decade just the same as there are things specific to the year 2015 you know you could play something in there and then say like this is something specific to 2015 that's not that far removed from where we're at now but what i'm saying is you know this this leap in particular could have taken place anywhere anytime mm-hmm.
3: yeah 100%. yeah but it it, it was a generic, lightweight leap. And we've spoken about that ever since we we discovered it was going to be a dual heist plot. We all went in there, I think, expecting it to be fairly lightweight on plot so that they could focus on introducing the characters and introducing the concepts. And that's exactly what we got. It it was a lightweight plot that, yes, could have been lifted and dropped into the 70s or the 60s or today. Mm.
4: Mm. Yeah, I mean... (sighs) I feel like this was uh, the network wanting more action or something. Mm. Maybe that was why they suggested this. I'm not really sure why they wanted to redo the plot entirely from the earthquake one. I get why they would ask for things to be more expository and more dumbed down for some people but it feels like the the leap itself changing is because they're like we want something action-packed to really get people into the beginning a kind of bond oceans 11 kind of thing and i'm not really sure it was that successful in, in that element either and this is just a time issue because it, you have to introduce all of these different elements you're going like what are they doing before the leap and then what are they doing after he's left and then like how does he react to everything and then what are they doing at the project and also what was the Person doing talking to Ben, and then what was this ring all about? And then what's with the security person? And then what's going on over here? And, <laughs> then, there's on, and then there's a bomb, and then there's you know, and then like you get all of this stuff together. It's like this would have been, if it was movie length, it might have been more successful. I feel like Ben's character, especially really suffered uh, and it should have been really focused on his character because he is the main character of the show. After he first leaps, Addison shows up pretty much almost immediately. You don't really get a lot of uh, him adjusting to the leap or trying to figure out what's going on. And then uh, when she leaves, we follow her. And I feel like we missed kind of some crucial time in the first leap to really understand how Ben goes about problem solving or how he reacts to things and how he feels in the situation because he has to swallow a lot in a very short Mm -hmm. amount of time
1: yeah one of the biggest failings that I saw was that oh I'm a hologram from the future and he seems like nonplussed okay what do I do drive this in yeah, hologram from yeah, the future
4: <laughs> he just rolls with it so easy yeah, and not, not really bummed me out you know well like, yeah i, I mean, mean and this is not raymond lee's fault at all because i think raymond lee is great yeah. uh, i've seen him and uh kevin can f himself he's fabulous in that show i know he's a very capable actor and i saw a lot of bits and pieces in this that really made me excited to see what was going to happen because i see like seeds of things there
1: yeah. There was just not a lot of incredulity on his part. And that was strictly, uh, it was like a casualty of the pacing. It had to, we yeah. we just have to gloss over this part that they spent so much time in in Genesis because we don't have a two hour TV movie premiere to do this. We have to do this at episode length. I don't want to say this was quick and dirty, but it was, it was as fast as they could make it. Mm. Without it being quick and dirty. <laughs> <Does that laughs> yeah. yeah. And there were plenty of pauses, again, to have like, hey, this is what's going on. Hey, this is what's happening. It's just that when they got into the action parts of it, they were really, really, I think, concerned with keeping that part of the show moving. And I feel like that is the network stepping in and not trusting the audience saying, hey, 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 you, you got a lot of talk in here. You got a lot of heavy concepts. Uh, get some gunplay in here. Get, 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 we yeah. need an explosion. We, you know, get,
3: get yeah. something,
4: get something to keep him going. The explosion <laughs> felt so incidental. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: You That's know, so weird. cool car chase though. Cool car chase. Even if it was just, just to yeah, add that. Yeah, but...
4: You know what? You know what surprised me about the car chase? Uh, so they showed in the trailer, the bit where he doesn't know how to use stick shift. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was super funny in the trailer. In the episode, I didn't think it was funny. Um, uh, <laughs> Uh, Maybe I just had a, I was in the headspace where I'm like, what is going on at this point? I I think maybe it's timing, but I did find it funny when he said, oh, that pretzel cart came out of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. And like, uh, I think like watching it a second time around, I did catch more of Ben's lines that I liked and glimpses of his personality Mm -hmm. there that they can build on when they have more time for that sort of thing.
3: I love that yeah. The, uh, yeah I meant to mention the clutch was a little bit sticky or whatever, however easy yeah. says the line. there's just there's some lovely little bits in there for him yeah it's true it's
4: and we do true. catch some some bits about you know who he is mm. it's weird because they show him at the engagement party before he leaps, but he's in like a very fancy suit because they're you know it's it's a fancy party. But we find out he's really not that kind of guy. Like he's not really he doesn't like parties. He's not really a speechy guy, uh, and he is more of a, a work at the computer and a t-shirt kind of guy. And all of a sudden he's this yeah. James Bond punching yeah. people out kind of guy. So they're establishing some things that that they can build on later. It is a little weird though that we don't really get to see who he is. We get to see kind of some things that he's not that comfortable with Mm. when we see him in the present yeah the only thing that i think that they went out
1: of their way to sort of establish at the party and i guess then addison bolsters it with that t-shirt comment is that ben is somewhat introverted which is going to i think Mm. maybe make an interesting dynamic if he's got to be someone that purposely interacts with people and changes their minds the way a leaper has to i don't know that right. they
4: they established it very well but uh, they were yeah, putting it seemed out there to very easily slip into this i yeah. feel like there should have been a little more stumbling yeah uh, but you could see him working through through some of it mm-hmm. and uh, and again like they just don't have a lot of time for it
1: yeah and that yeah that again that's the casualty of the fast pace It'll you be- know because it's like get to the tango get to the fun get to the sexy Get to, the t- get to the tango.
3: <laughs> It'll be interesting if they they explore and acknowledge that more as the show goes on because we we've, we've spoken about this with Sam in the past that he was a he was a mega nerd and he obviously and, and particularly in the novels we we find out yeah he was quite an insular character pre-leaping but then in the purpose of leaping he has to come out of his shell and and he just does and that's never really addressed in the original series he's just this charming guy that everyone loves. Mm. So it it would be nice if they take a moment to address that. And the, the little moments that we saw in the, the first episode were good. Mm. Mm.
4: Yeah. I mean, like Sam, we don't get to see what he's like pre leaping, mm. but we get to see him struggle. Like he has weaknesses, even though he's a jack of all trades, you know, he's a lot of things that he can do and he can really roll with the punches pretty well. But there is sort of a struggle there, and, and we, we get to see who Sam is pretending to be these other people. I don't know if we got as much about who Ben is pretending to be other people. Um, he, they, they had the reveal where he was secretly uh, an undercover cop the whole time, and it feels like it wasn't much of a struggle there, and it wasn't... I, I don't... I don't know. I feel like there were a lot of different reveals here and different turns in the story that didn't really shift a lot of the the tone of what was happening. Mm.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, it's it's almost like drama by the numbers. You have like the third act turn and the reveal, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like the whole the whole "Are you wearing a wire?" line, uh, while it, it played in well with him yeah, they talking to, get to him nobody, it was like
4: open his shirt gotta rip that shirt off. You can get past the pilot, and they're like, "Get that shirt open!" Come
1: on, Raymond! Come on, step up! That's I guess they the did th- it
4: in the original show too. They're continuing the legacy. Yeah, yeah. Like
3: we, we need were, to get
4: him. We no, were promised <laughs> shirt. throwbacks.
3: We were promised throwbacks, and we got throwbacks. We got a shirtless sleeper. Who? <laughs> yeah, we got a lot yeah. of a lot of throwbacks here. I mean, I, I what I like is it's sort of
1: like they set up the same dynamics. Ben is lost. Pentagon is threatening to shut the project down. We got to stall for time, which was, I think like that was a heavy theme in the first in the first season of the original series. So we're sort of right back there. And the fact that Sam, both Sam and Al are referenced in this show. And when we see them, they're both wearing what they were wearing in mirror image. So it's almost like a visual continuation of this is the last time we've seen these characters. Sam's in his Mm -hmm. brown jacket and Al is in his admiral's uniform. So I think that that, you know, was just like a nice little homage. Mm. Ben asked the question that they ask. Uh, This is ridiculous. How can helping somebody cause me to leap? (laughs) Oh, we don't know. Uh. (laughs) We're trying to figure this out. Yeah, yeah. We're Uh, (laughs) we're, we're scratching our heads too. (laughs) Whatever the crap. Uh. All right. Uh, And then now this is funny. It's going to be one of those things that we saw on the screener that they, they kind of flubbed where they they reveal that Ben can speak several languages, but you can tell that they have someone dubbing yeah. over the word several instead mm. of who knows how many they were actually going to say.
4: Yeah. What if they said seven, like I Sam knew was,
1: seven as well.
4: I yeah. Think it was
3: seven. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah, but it was so funny. It was just like, you speak several languages. <laughs> hey, I think I can speak several languages. <laughs> I, I think also that's them That's them keeping the door open because they don't know what they want to do yet. Yeah. Yeah, you, you want yeah. to play kind of fast and loose with what you establish for the character and not tie yourself uh, to one particular thing. Yeah, you exactly. know if
3: they'd have stuck with Seven... There'd be some of us, myself included, sat there counting. And the second he speaks an eighth language, I'd be like, yeah, I got to write to the network. He changed up this the timeline. Oh.
4: He changed the timeline and he speaks another language. I <laughs> yeah. believe we had to do that in some of the novels. Like, I don't know. Why does Sam know this now? I don't know. <laughs> he speaks Russian now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been
1: this in since I started counting the shuttles on the Voyager. Anyway,
4: uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk about Addison a little bit here. Okay. Some of the hologram stuff. So Addison, I don't think we get a lot of who Addison is when she is not very sad and scared for Ben, which she should be at this point in the story. But I, I'm not really sure we have a great handle on, on who her character is uh, when she's not emotionally distraught, you know, personality-wise, yeah. who is she? I think, like, there's little glimpses into that uh, where we can see, like, bits of a humor in there. Yeah, obviously, like, she's got a very close relationship with everyone at the project and with uh, Ben. I do wish that they hadn't dressed her and Ben basically in the same outfit, (laughs) which is just a gray shirt and some jeans. Uh, I feel like they need to make her stick out a little more. She doesn't have to dress like Al, but I do think as the hologram, there should be a little bit of disconnect from the environment and something to also keep track of her a little better because she did kind of blend in uh, sometimes.
3: Yeah, (laughs) Alison, it's his and hers clothing. It's what you've got contractually. You've got to do that when you get (laughs) married. Why is it so great? When you you move in with your husband, you're going to be doing his and hers stuff as well. Uh, we we have we, never done. We will, I've been, not, we
4: I've will been never be years. wearing matching gray outfits. Never, ever
1: have we done that, Matt? I don't know what, <laughs> where you're going, but wow. <laughs> <laughs> but you, Allison, you're right about that 100 percent in the sense that we don't know very much about Addison, but we have this shocking reveal: she was supposed to be the leaper. Yeah. So that right. points to the fact that she is probably hyper competent in many many different areas because they had her pegged to go on these missions so that to me is
4: like oh wow let me know more about that that's crazy stuff yeah i mean i guess that also kind of sets up that she was the one preparing for this whenever they would get it ready and ben wasn't so even if he didn't have the memory loss he is not prepared for this kind of situation so uh that could lead to some interesting uh uh, possibilities in the story I guess like the same thing sort of happened With Sam you know you never really prepare for that Kind of thing but uh, yeah. I, Yeah I mean that also helps set up like A better function For her as well much like Al mm. she has all of this experience And all of this stuff to draw from and There was a story reason why They picked her for this particular thing Because she was supposed to be able to know And do all of these things It's almost serendipitous
1: that Ben is the one stuck in time because had she left, who knows what she would remember. A lot of training and instinct might have come to the surface, but they didn't expect to have the memory loss or they thought they were going to be able to mitigate it based on some of the dialogue
4: between between Ian and Addison. Yeah. So Yeah, they, they knew it was a possibility though, like right. Ben knew before he leaped, they talked about that, but obviously they didn't think they were going to be leaping now because they knew that was a strong possibility and they weren't ready to test it on anyone. Right, and, but th- this way Addison keeps all of her skills intact and they can actually
1: be of use, like as exemplified with the bomb thing, even though they didn't have the tools to, to defuse the bomb. She's like, oh, yeah, you cut the red wire like she she knew what if she were there and she had like uh, something to snip it with, she would have been able to do it.
4: I think this also like helps that she'll she'll know on the fly how to answer certain things without just consulting Ziggy. Mm hmm. Because mm. sometimes there's situations where you just have to react in the moment. You don't have time to do any research or any of that stuff. You just have to draw from your experience.
3: Yeah. I mean, this this is going to turn back into that Al knows everything trope, except hopefully just a, a little less clunky than, uh, oh, yeah, back in the orphanage when I had a cockroach named Kevin, <laughs> I was also a trapeze artist. If Addison
4: starts that way, back in the orphanage, my cockroach named Kevin She's <laughs>
3: They're definitely setting up the same thing with her, but maybe a touch more believable. Sure. Maybe. Maybe.
1: Yeah. Let's hope. I mean, and that's not the only trope we get. We get Addison saying, Ziggy says there's a 99% chance mm-hmm. that if you make that nine, and he says, I don't care what Ziggy says. I'm going to ignore Ziggy's advice yeah. and save Ryan, you know? And it's just like, okay, well, uh, we've been there before. That's for sure. That's the shades of Sam right there. But it was also a nice character turn for, for Ben, right? Because it's him sort of finally taking the initiative on the leap and doing what he feels is right instead of just reacting. Hmm.
4: So I thought that that was sort of a crucial moment in the show. Yeah, definitely. You know what I noticed, too? Uh, They refer to Ziggy as it. They don't have any gendered pronouns. So I'm wondering if they know that Ziggy is as intelligent as she is. Like, maybe they don't know. Maybe that's going to be a reveal, you know, as they work with Ziggy. Like, maybe she starts speaking or maybe there's some other things. I don't know if that's a direction they're going to go in with the, the character. Or with the... I guess the character. Yeah, because Ziggy's a character. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, they just refer to Ziggy as it. Right now, it is just sort of a computer that they can use to consult uh for the leaps. They even say, like, the computer controls the leaps. Yes. They say that, that Ziggy does. So, I don't know if they also don't know exactly how it works, or if that's how the show is just going to say it instead of God, time, fate, or whatever the computer decides? Yeah, we were missing the heavy, heavy God element that was present
1: in the pilot of the original Quantum Leap. They they completely eschewed all of that, mainly because, number one, they didn't spend a lot of time, like, navel-gazing about why and where and how. This is just how it is because this is how it was for Dr. Beckett. And the closest we got was how can helping someone? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you know. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't think that I I would be very surprised if they reintroduce that element of the original series into this. But
4: who knows? You you notice that was part of the character description way back when it was Ben Prasad Mm. that he was a religious person, but we don't see any of that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I guess we don't get to see anything really. So we haven't a chance if they wanted to. Give it time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that, that might evolve. And, uh, let's hope that if it does, they start wrestling with some of the same questions that we've had as fans for Mm. low these many years. I mean, we do know that there is some kind of force that is looking over Sam based on what we saw in mirror image. So it's, I would hope that it manifests in some capacity as the show establishes itself. Not right away, of course. Something. Hmm. I, I think that uh, the biggest failing. What I loved. I, I got to tell you, Allison. I know that that you didn't like back at the project. It was it was a little too too gloomy for you. I loved the new accelerator. I thought that it was just the accelerator looks good. That was cool. Awesome. With all that, I, I
4: like seeing the Fermi
1: suit, the little feety yeah. pajamas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Fermi suit was amazing. I really loved the design of the new imaging chamber with all of the hexagonal – Like the honeycomb feature that I guess is what generates the hologram for her. I thought the new control room was – it's almost akin to New Trek. For new listeners who are just listening to our show for the first time, we're going to reference Star Trek a lot. We just do. But – It's almost like the difference between, say, like the carpeted look of the Enterprise D, which is homey and familiar, as opposed to everything you see on New Trek, like from Disco. Everything is so hard and shiny now because that's sci-fi. And I feel like they're just fitting into the aesthetic for a modern audience with that control room. I, does it lack personality? 100%. Could it be any generic control room anywhere? 100%. I hope that as they get Ziggy more online, they incorporate more color, more flash. <laughs> Ziggy
4: is like redesigning yeah, yourself Exactly. Like, yeah. get this out of here. But, Excuse me, gummy bear cubes are nothing. Yeah, well there you go. And then we get the new hand link.
1: Now, I'm going to dub this the hockey puck hand link. There, I said it. I said it first. <laughs> nice. And now it's. It's going to stick. All right. Yeah,
4: hockey puck. We got the like calculator
1: that. hand link. We got the gummy bear hand link. And now we got the hockey puck hand link. You're welcome. Yeah, I think they,
4: <laughs> I think they made a good choice redesigning it from the earthquake pilot. The pictures we saw looked kind of uh, like a Pokedex or something, mm-hmm. which I didn't mind either. But I think like uh, this gives it a much more unique design. Yeah, it felt like the one that we saw in the earthquake stills
1: was like just a jack that you can slide your, your smartphone into. Which I guess would make sense in a modern context, because everybody's got these handheld computers now. Why not just jack it to something that can talk to Ziggy? But that's just not quantum leap. What I loved about the the hockey puck handlink is that it's got, just like the gummy bear hand like zero functionality apparently
4: yeah all it's weird and makes no sense that's perfectly quantum leap
3: <laughs> it's iconic i guess it's got like <laughs> think holograms so that that <laughs> Yeah, will it be handy. beams
4: holograms and yeah yeah so the, there's a i just don't i don't see like a screen or nothing but you never saw a screen really <laughs> well i think that little middle part right that could be a screen cuz
1: that's where the hologram came up from like yeah. That, yeah, the little yeah, the center of the puck.
3: Uh, there's some very cool specific stuff that that the hologram projection is going to be used for in the earthquake episode, if the pilot script that we've read plays out. So, yeah, I think although all it seems to do is beam holograms, there's there's yeah. potentially some cool stuff coming up with that in the future. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see I mean
1: let's put it this way it's such a blank slate they can have it do anything and it's exactly. it's as it's yeah. as plausible and implausible equally so it's just like okay great you know it, yeah, it works Yeah I perfectly. think like that's
4: the yeah that's the how it should be and uh we saw in the original show they did use the handlink for holographic projection sometimes like mm-hmm. there was the the dinosaurs and another mother. Uh, there was a little miracle when they were projecting the news footage onto the building mm-hmm. and all that stuff. so that was a capability that they had. There was occasionally things that they would do that it was it was weird that they didn't do more often. It, it probably was because of budget reasons. <laughs> yeah. so it is kind of cool to see the stuff that they can do. You know, you mentioned New Trek. I really hope this doesn't become New Trek because Quantum Leap uh, is, at least the original show, is kind of sci-fi as an aside. Yeah. <laughs> you know, true. like there's there's a lot of weird elements to the show, but it's really not this kind of high-tech, uh, sci-fi, CG-heavy lore-based show. There's a lot more lore in this, and I did enjoy, uh, whenever we got bits of it in the original show, I wanted to see more stuff of what's going on in the future and have them play a little bit more with that. But I hope that this new show does not become uh, entangled in this, there must be this big epic lore element to it because it just, it feels disconnected to me. I really, I, I just, I want to see the leaps and I want to see a connective tissue there. That was something the original show didn't get to do as much. I like there being a connective tissue. Things matter from episode to episode. Emotional beats continue from story to story. That's really the, the something about modern television that I think will really suit this well.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's I'm um, from everything that we've, uh, Heard from the people we've spoken to that family dynamic that they tried to establish in the party in the first scene is really where the heart of the show is going to lie when we get back to the project stuff it's it's how do these characters interact with each other how did these characters play off of one another and what are these relationships going to be as they grow they also gave us a little bit of a glimpse of a background between magic and jen it was almost like a sam and al kind of moment where jen said something like no one would hire me i was washed up until you gave me another chance mm. And, you know, it was like, oh, okay. So they have a little bit of a backstory too. I wonder what's going on there. You know, uh, resignation
3: denied. Now get to work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> Don't. But what a terrible a seed. way to introduce a character.
1: Yeah. But there's a seed. Yeah. <laughs> there's a seed to Honestly, if you want to um, crap on something, this is my biggest problem. We'll get to the Janice thing. We'll get to the Al thing. But Ben is in the... Freaking accelerated chamber. It's amazing. We pan right in
4: and no leap. Where was the leap? It just goes right to his yeah. eye in the van. Yeah, it was comically quick, him just bolting from the party. I joked about the, like, when we first heard the description of this episode, I'm like, it sounds like he's just at the engagement party and he's like, whoop, got a leap, and then runs out. And then he does, <laughs> and it's as, as comically abrupt as I joked about. Like, he runs out there and then we see this very quick shot. It was even more abrupt than it was in the original show, and it was abrupt in the original show, just like Sam's sleeping, and then you see him, arms akimbo, like, leap me just out. I was going to say, we, we, we didn't know? see
3: the leap in the original. This is only, this, this is the same thing. Yes, i, I mean, paced a lot right. quicker, but.
1: All right, but yeah. the thing is, I mean, if you're in the accelerator chamber and you're transitioning to where they are, like, it, I, you're right, Matt. When, in Genesis, Sam wakes up in bed, we did it, we did what? So we didn't see him leap in, but now we know what a leap is supposed to look like. And he's in the accelerator chamber and they go from the accelerator chamber to him in the van. Like, right, don't they cut right from one to the other?
4: Yeah, so, I, I, it was, I think it was meant to be abrupt like that. Yeah. Um, the cut from him to the, the there to the van, I think was fine. It was just the cut from the party to that. And then to that, it was, yeah. it was just all very uh, kind of messy. Um,
1: I'm talking specifically about where's my leap effect? Where's my leap effect? And they did right. it at the end. But yeah. then at the very end, once again, when he's on the shuttle, when he's on
4: Atlantis, they start with his eye. He doesn't really leap into the shuttle. Right, because I think part of that's because they've changed the structure. Yeah. Because you get stuff in between, which I, I don't know. It, it The pacing is very weird. I wish that the episode had began with him just on the leap. Just he is he yes. leapt in and he has no idea what's going on. And then as he discovers what's going on, he meets Addison. And he's figuring this out as we're figuring this yeah. out. And that would introduce us to the characters. Yeah. You know, and then like we can see bits and pieces of what really happened that night as we go through the episode or even through the season Uh, and i think that would have been better to be like okay so we're starting with a blank slate just the same as ben and then we get to to discover this world as it unfolds Mm. and i think it would have given them more time also to explore some of these uh these elements that they just had to rush through
1: well that's exactly what they did in genesis so i feel like Maybe they were trying to make this its their own. You know what? Maybe they weren't. I, again, I mean, Genesis I'm just going to go.
4: Had, Genesis had a little bit at the beginning with Al and Sam leaping. Yeah, though, no, which was, they did.
1: But it they, was primarily... They did have a little
4: bit. So you knew immediately Sam was leaping and he, he time traveled. And then, you know, like, it, but if they just started with. This guy with amnesia who just doesn't know what's going on, why he has this weird reflection. I mean, obviously, you know what Quantum Leap's about. This is a continuation. But let's say that there are new viewers and they expect a lot of new viewers watching this who don't know Quantum Leap. That's an intriguing notion. What's going on Mm. here? You know, it's a time travel show, I guess. But what really happened how did he end up here and then you you get the reveal like oh he leaped without telling anyone that's like a reveal there oh he's engaged to her oh no like all of this stuff is just kind of thrown out in the beginning before you have time to really care about any of it because you don't know who anyone is
1: true yeah
4: i mean they tell you i'm security of the party (laughs) you know but i mean that doesn't really help i don't think um (laughs) Oh. Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't want to be too too mean about the Jen character. Uh, Nanrissa Lee uh, seems like a, a lovely lady, a great actress. Um, mm. This is a character archetype I just don't care for. I don't care for the angry security person. Um, I never find those uh, stories very interesting. I just feel like it cuts it, like out time that could be spent on other characters. I get functionally what her character is for, but I really wish that they had compressed some of these characters into one, maybe given Addison some more stuff to do because it's personal trying to find out what happens with Ben. It just kind of feels like it's spread out between too many cooks at this mm-hmm. point.
1: But Jen did play a little bit of a role back at the project in the sense that this was a little clunky. She was monitoring the explosion. She saw like the, the newspaper. Nobody was killed. And then talking about the Hope Diamond being stolen or something and it was never stolen and Project Blue Glass. Yeah, well, Magic and, brought up the that response to her. Right. But then Jen can now hack the DOD.
4: Yeah, but that's the thing. Like Isn't these, these are shop? things that. Yeah, she even says like, "Oh, I jumped in while you guys were doing this, and I looked this right. up." That's not even what her her job is supposed to be. Already, it feels like they're coming up with reasons to include her because they yeah. don't really know what to do with this character. And I feel bad because again, like Nanrissa Ali, she's doing a fine job. Um, you know, like it's it's nothing against her. I just feel like this character, it, they thought of the one idea for the overarching storyline and didn't really think how this plays out with anything else because. They could have had hacking in the to the DoD, given that to Ian. Ian's the Computer person. They could have had Addison Maybe looking over security footage and Seeing some things. They could have had magic Looking into it. I feel like there's a lot Of different characters that could serve the same function And you could still see security People there. It's not like, I mean like It makes sense that they would have security But it's, it just feels Like it, it's just too many People coming up with things They need to do mm. Mm. Mm.
1: Well, I mean Jen does play a critical role at the end, though, for I think what was basically the biggest reveal of the episode, which is that Ben is working with Janice Calavici, al's daughter hmm. so i that one blew that that. That one threw me for a loop. Uh, I know that there have been spoilers floating around. I've I've tried to remain steadfastly spoiler free. And this one managed to slip in under my radar. I didn't know that they were going to be introducing like a descendant of Al as a character. So this was the mysterious Janice that we had heard about in the casting. That was very specific on the – it was the only one that called for a very certain type. They said like a white woman in their 30s. Well, obviously it has to be because it's Al's daughter, Al and Beth's daughter. So I'm really intrigued to see the backstory between Janice and Ben and like what exactly is going on because on the rewatch, I know that you were sort of focusing more on Addison's reaction to this, Alice, and You had mentioned it before. We just get to see her being sad looking at Ben's voicemail or his video message. but. Wow, what is going on? Like I this this gets into I'm a lore geek. So this this <laughs> is this is the connective tissue that is bringing like the the old project into the new project and this is the stuff that's that I'm going to be watching for the most. So, I did you guys yeah. did, did you guys know that that turn was coming or?
4: Yes. Yeah yeah i guessed it I, I but this is me lurking around seeing other stuff so i'm not saying this is a predictable thing i think it'll be a surprise to a lot of people yeah they, <laughs> she's the first shot that they
3: have <laughs> they do i only knew just sorry just to be clear i only knew because it was in the the pilot script that i read a while back i'm not claiming to have uh, been able to predict it uh, and i'm not saying it wasn't an amazing twist because when i read it i thought it was an amazing twist But yeah, so it was in the episode. I was waiting for it to come. Okay. The first shot that we see,
4: we get that, and and again, I don't know if they're going to edit any of this uh, for the final release. But the first shot we see, we see uh, the text that says Sam Beckett uh, never left home, all this stuff, and then, uh, and then we get like computers, tilted angles, green lights, red lights, close ups. I'm hacked in, (laughs) and I'm like, "Uh, (laughs) (laughs) ah. that it, i dude, just oh, i was embarrassed <laughs> oh, really? whole, i was
3: embarrassed that whole sequence looked so cheap like i i was it just I, felt very rote i was expecting her to start mumbling something about the pesky power rangers uh, it just it really <laughs> felt. I, uh, I was like, "Oh God, is this what the show's going to be?" And then they very quickly moved on, and there was the aerial shot of Santa Monica. It's so, like, okay, all right, that's good. We we have yeah. some money, but that yeah, those, those opening shots. I hope look a little bit better in the finished version.
4: You guys are so jaded. Yeah, I well, it's not even the way that... It, I think it's just the presentation bothers me. I don't really... I, I like that this is connected to the old show. I don't mind them connecting things or even having Elle's daughter involved. There's just this, this hardened edge to these types of stories. The, like, espionage, cloak and dagger, uh, computer hacker types. to Everyone's in the shadows. What's going on? The secret mission? I don't know. This feels very disconnected to Quantum Leap to me. I just don't. And honestly, I I don't want to hear about Al being dead all the time. Maybe this sounds harsh. Uh, (laughs) I feel like it's great they're trying to to honor the character, but I just feel like, I don't know, there's a different way to approach this that maybe I would have liked better. It just has this kind of hardened edge to it that just... Hmm. I don't know. They're going to have to win me over on this overarching plot, but we've only seen a little bit of it, so it's possible I'll feel differently later. Fair enough. I mean, you are willing to give it a chance? Yeah, I'm not going to dismiss it uh, offhand, but uh, what I've seen so far, I was embarrassed. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of this was a little incomprehensible, to be honest. I was a little confused, and and I've looked up so many spoilers. I've been following this from day Hmm. one. I was a little confused by some of it. In what respects? Just the editing was so frantic. I couldn't follow it. Yeah,
1: um, I I noticed that. And on my second watch, there were still beats, story beats that I missed because it was so frantic. And and I didn't care because I was still just wrapping my head around the characters. I did watch specifically on my subsequent watches to try and make a concerted effort to follow the through line of the plot. And they did do it fine. They just do it very, very quickly. Mm. So... There weren't, you know, any real gaffs with that. The only real gaff to me, if you're going to like point out a significant story weakness, it's the trope that I hate: guy is criminal because sick. My <laughs> wife is sick. My kid you is going to be. I, I, I get it. Yeah, but it's just like, oh, he's he's the hitman with a heart of gold. Oh no!
4: And yeah, was just like, that was the weakest element. I yeah. watched this with my husband. He did. He didn't even know why they were stealing the Hope Diamond. He, did, he didn't know what the leap plot was because it was so quick, them going over the, the like the reasoning behind it, and just f- fell kind of flat because again, they don't have a lot of time for it, but it it, it is very stereotypical. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, so I mean I, I again, that to me just factory TV plot so that we can establish the premise. And I'm glad that we got it out of the way because this is the kind of story that we've seen it on almost every TV show, and Quantum Leap is no stranger to doing stock plots. We make fun of it quite often for doing stock plots. Sure. I'm glad that they got the criminal because sick kid <laughs> out of the way, like right out the gate. Now I don't have to worry about it anymore. I hope.
4: <laughs> yeah, you don't know if it won't come up again. Yeah, no, shh, just give you me, you don't know. Give me this hope, Allison. <laughs> <laughs> There was no mafia involved this time. Not yet. No, not yet. David they're time. coming
3: the, the and mafia. Have the mafia. The map, did feel, some of it
4: did feel very <laughs> csi though i gotta say some of this did look like a, a procedural type thing you got like the the blown out windows and this the, everyone's doing the meeting about the fake hope diamond and then they yeah. gotta check if he's wearing a wire and the the color correction's all kind of murky and weird and <laughs> i don't know i don't know Yeah, but all
1: of it led to Ben in that gorgeous tux doing a tango. So He
4: did look good.
1: and He looked good in the tux. Shades of Scott. I mean, this is uh, what Seabride all over again. The tango, the tux, just uh, look, look, everybody. It's not just about car chases and weird science that you don't understand. He's handsome and he dances. Just put a rose in (laughs) her teeth. Yeah, maybe...
4: Maybe they were just trying to introduce everything a little bit yes, in the pilot. You know, exactly. they're like he's kind of suave, he's kind of funny, he's kind of, there. There's action stuff, there's some emotional beats, there's some uh, there's a story about a little girl being sick. So there's some of these uh, human stories. There's some of the, you know, like I don't know, maybe maybe that was kind of the idea, but it was. Uh, they threw everything out there.
3: Yeah, just a lot yeah. to throw into a short space of time.
4: Yeah, I mean, you're
1: not wrong. It was really crammed in. It tried to be too many things all at once and it just became sort of a jumbled mixed bag. But I go back to that feeling that I had when I first saw the trailer. Um, they're 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 doing it right. Like they they're introducing all of the concepts. They're not screwing with any of the concepts. Really, I, I feel like they will try to do justice to the to the original show. And I guess if if we're gonna wrap up, uh, we've been going for a long time. Those are pretty much my final thoughts. Adequate setup for Quantum Leap for people who don't know Quantum Leap and. Listen, Genesis was spoon feedy and point by point. This was spoon feedy and point by point, just written with a more modern sensibility, as far as I'm concerned. They just put in some car chases instead of airplanes exploding. And, you know, <laughs> it, this was how spoon this was. Well, I, I saved him. What do we do? What do I do now? And then Addison says, Now you leap. And then he steps back and he actually leaps. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's like, he
4: took the cue.
1: Right? But you see, get it, audience? This is what happens. He saved the day. I gave the epilogue. Now you leap.
4: (laughs) Maybe that's telling us something about Ben. Maybe he's whipped. (laughs) Right, Addison? (laughs) <laughs> anyway. i'll leap now thanks okay. <laughs> get the frying pan legacy <laughs> <just laughs> continues oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs>
1: or you could say ben's leaping himself oh yeah i do leap now watch that's uh... true
4: i i don't yeah i don't buy that the computer's doing it i'm not sure why they think the computer's yeah, yeah. doing it because they don't seem to know why anything's happening but maybe maybe they are discovering something about ziggy they don't really know exactly how everything works yet uh yeah my my final thoughts i um I feel better about the pilot than when I first saw it. I'm trying to have fun with this. I have some misgivings about certain things, but I feel like a lot of pilots are kind of awkward. You have to have time to really get to know the characters. So I'm hopeful for what uh, they're going to do because I feel like there's a good basis here. I really do love... The idea of of what they've done here, and there's little bits and pieces that are intriguing to me, so I'm really hoping that they can expand on those things and smooth out some of these wrinkles
3: yeah and I, I I feel very optimistic about the future as well. I wish this could have had a bit more time to breathe. If this had been streaming only, I think just an extra ten or fifteen minutes would have done the trick, mm-hmm. but we know with with network it either has to be an hour or two hours. there's, there's really not much of an in between and they went with an hour. But I immediately loved several of the characters. I think the others will come into their own. But I I love Addison and Ben and Ian. And that that is enough to me to say, this is going to be a good show. We just need to to get into the flow of it and get into the flow of the concept and, and the heart of the leap stories, which we I, I don't think we really saw yet.
1: Perfect point. Perfect point. And I, I can't believe I get to say this. And I think... <laughs> that is our review of the first new episode of Quantum Leap in 30 years
0: in um. the books whoa, <laughs> it's a good feeling <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: but, <laughs> it's not the end it's not the end everybody stay tuned we're going to throw to a break but when we come back we are going to be speaking with Caitlin Bassett stay tuned
3: on the latest episode of
1: Leaps
4: Elsewhere are we going to have some fun on this podcast guys hey!
1: Today, we'll be talking about the NCIS New Orleans, the season one episode, Chasing Ghosts, that features both Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell. We're all going
3: to talk about the accent, let's face it. The backcent. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Dean Stockwell is
3: T-Bone. Dean was really solid. I believe
1: that this was his very last TV appearance.
4: It feels like he spent a day on a boat and got to hang out with his old friend, Scott Bakula again. And <laughs> this
1: is the complete wrong role for Scott Bakula.
3: He did a lot of squinty acting in this, did Scott?
4: <laughs> how many, like, Navy crimes can you come up with? Apparently, if you're Donald Belisario, 10 million. <laughs> yeah,
3: I was glad that Scott took a moment to explain to us that discrimination hasn't ended. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the most
1: dynamic episode of television that Scott Bakula stars in that revolves around an anti-Semitic lynching.
4: <laughs> you, a, a ringing endorsement. I think we're all in agreement, everyone. Tune in, to tince- yeah. yeah. knowledge. To find
1: out how to hear this, and other patreon exclusive shows go to patreon.com slash quantum leap podcast that's
3: patreon.com slash quantum leap podcast it's the way they roll in (laughs) (laughs) norland but is it (laughs) maybe
1: the qlp is brought to you by listeners like you Please go to patreon.com slash quantum leap podcast and give as much as you can. For as little as a dollar a month, you can be a contributor to the quantum leap podcast. It goes to covering our server cost and helps keep the podcast going. Thank you. Okay, everyone, we're back. And are are you guys ready? It's time for our interview with Caitlin Bassett. Welcome to the Quantum Leap Podcast, Caitlin.
0: Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here.
1: We are thrilled to have you, and uh, we're really thrilled to learn more about your character, Addison. But uh, first, can you tell the listeners a little bit about you, about your background and the road that brought you to Quantum Leap? I was doing some research on you, and you're like the real-life Al. There's military intelligence. There's active duty military. There's law school. There's acting. There's horses. There's... Combat training. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Did I mention bartending?
0: Yeah, Yes. Some bartending. Uh, um, I apparently have been training for this role my entire existence. So, Um, yeah, I uh, I took the really regular, I think, path to acting, which was um, army law school. Quantum, I think that's <laughs> trajectory. Uh, I mean, I've just been so lucky. I joined the military at 18 years old. I was still in high school, um, and I spent seven years in. I deployed a few times, uh, three times. Um, I got my degree while I was in. I had a spectacular experience. I was very lucky. Um, I got to work at NSA and on some really cool missions with some really amazing people. Uh, it was not something I was going to do forever. That had always, you know, been something I knew. Um, I had been an actor when I was in school and uh, came from a very musical, theater family. Um, and it was a mix. Like, my dad was in Vietnam. So we had that aspect. And then we had the, it was, a, to me, it all made sense. It wasn't weird to do any of those things. Um, and then, so after, uh, when I was getting out of the Army, I decided to, to go to law school because that seemed like, you know, the adult thing to do with someone's life. Um, and so I went to New York. Uh, my sister lived there. She was uh, producing commercials at the time. She used to be in a band. Like, she's just so cool. She's an oyster farm now. Um, and, you know, with, in New York, where it's so accessible, I was like, oh, well, I could, you know, do, explore these more creative things about myself because I'm here. I'm in New York. Like, I didn't go to D.C. I didn't go to the pipeline, just back to the agencies. And so I started moonlighting and some, some theater classes and some writing classes, and it just sucked me in. It just really got me. Uh, so I ended up going to the Adler Conservatory um, and have been kind of grinding ever since. And then I just became the luckiest person on the planet to land this
4: job.
1: <laughs> yeah, so tell us, how, how did you land the job? I understand uh, when we were speaking to Deborah um, early on, just as all the casting was announced, she was uber impressed by you. And, uh, she said that you had, uh, won some kind of huge contest and oh. that's how they, that's how they got to you. I could be getting that wrong, but.
0: I think she was talking about the ABC discovers, Disney discovers talent search. So after theater school, um, a wonderful woman named Marcy Phillips, who I swear I will buy a house for if I can ever afford it is she's just the, she has a book. She's a casting director at ABC has been there forever. She's just, she's made a career out of finding new faces. That's been her whole career. And she uh, saw me in a class that she was doing for free actually during the pandemic. Cause she was just trying to give back and give actors something to do. And I, I taken her class and from that moment, I didn't know this, but she had essentially pre-selected me for the Disney discovers showcase. Um, and so I went through that process and I think, I mean, upwards of 40,000 people competed for those slots and 14 wow. got in each coast. Mm. Um, and that's that, crazy. I mean, that's a huge career launcher. Every, people from like Chadwick Boseman to Lapita Nyong'a, like uh, so many people have been through that showcase, uh, Pedro Pascal, and it just, it's been a, a, a jumping off point for wonderful people and the actors in that were wonderful. Uh, so we got like a year of kind of training, and and we did the showcase online. It was the first year they'd ever done it online, so it was very glamorous. They sent me a um, GoPro, and I I shot it in the basement of my mother's house, <laughs> set up on a <laughs> trash can. Acting uh, is very glamorous, very glamorous. Uh, and um. And then from there she helped me get my manager and 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 that's the manager that fought me into the room for quantum leap and I knew she did too because uh, I have two managers a, a guy and a girl and and normally I get an email from their assistant you know if I have an audition but this one I got from Avi herself at like 11:30 at night and I was like, oh you you made a, fo- a phone call for this one my <laughs> I god I got the audition and and I just remember reading it. First of all, I imme- I flew through the pilot script. I had only meant to read a little bit just to see it. And I just loved it. And I saw the role and I saw the background for the role. And I was like, I am, I think, really good for this role. And my second immediate thought was like, there is no way they're going to hire me for this. <laughs> 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 they're never going to hire me for this job. <laughs> and they did. I, I did. It was the whole audition process, right? It, from callbacks to tests. And my last stop was Ray. Um, I did a chemistry test with Ray, I think, I think against somebody else. And, and I just got real lucky.
1: (laughs) Just if you can go into that process just a little bit, because I'm a little bit curious. I know we've had some changes behind the scenes. I'm assuming that the pilot script that you read was the original pilot, the earthquake pilot.
0: Correct. Yes.
1: And when you're on something that is, I guess these days, everything is sort of wrapped in NDAs and sort of mysteries. And because it's such a spoiler sensitive environment, I'm surprised they gave you the whole script. Were Were you only privy to get a few scenes and then once they wanted to move forward, they gave you more or, or how did that work?
0: Oh, they did the whole, they, they attached the script to that. And I'm so glad they did because it would have been nigh impossible To uh, to do those scenes correctly without the context of what was going on, (laughs) (laughs) how on earth would I have possibly guessed what was happening? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, uh, yeah, they did, and I'm I'm really glad they did. It was incredibly helpful.
1: If you can go into that a little bit more, so you guys had done a complete pilot episode that um Deborah told us about you had done a, a, a cut a director's cut a producer's cut then you'd sent it off to the network and everybody seemed happy with it and then weeks later we hear that um they decided to switch it up and make a new pilot episode which is uh, the one that just aired um can you tell us uh, what, what that was like? Did you guys have to turn that one around quicker? Was there a lot more that you had to take from these, what is now going to be episode six, ostensibly, I suppose, yes. and sort of rework it into, into the new pilot?
0: Well, I think I'm, I'm, I'm glad they did this. Having done both pilots, I think the world is just introduced a bit better in this. In this. Not that the pilot failed to do it. They just had a different way they wanted to, to open the show. Um, uh, and and as you've seen it, they really wanted, because in the first pilot, there wasn't the engagement scene where you got to see the family before the fissure. And I think that's really important to see what we were before Ben does what he does and um, kind of rips us apart. And we all have to kind of grapple with that in our own ways. Um, so that's really like what they changed along, you know, some other small stuff, but... Um, like the process of doing it again was honestly kind of nice. Cause we had had, instead of knowing each other for two days before filming an episode, we had known each other and had been texting and had been, you know, on these fun group chats for months. At that point, we had gone through waiting for a show to get approved, which is a, it's a bonding experience. <laughs> it is. We are all praying. Um, so, uh, you know, the second time we went at it, we had all of these like lived in relationships that I think you saw more. You know, we weren't trying to find them quite as much. You started to see like Mason and I have a banter that's just so fun and we just adore each other in real life. You know, there's just things and, and Jen is just the warmest person, and Um, So there's just these really cool things that we found through time, which I'm so grateful for. Um and yeah, we, they rolled in the new pilot production into the, like, so we just, we just started, they, they took a couple production days from episode six, which is the pilot now that we have obviously have to get. Cause a lot of the crap I said was world explaining, which is yeah. now yeah. Yeah, way too late. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> a lot of me has changed. All of HQ has changed because you know, it's, we're in the, we're in the thick of it now. Um, but the the leap itself, the the earthquake, the like that's all there. We get I get to work with Jewel again, who is our first co star. They're flying her in, which I'm so excited. She's a, I mean she's a sci fi legend too with everything she's done in her life. So it's just I mean I've seen it as nothing but the most exciting thing that we just have this opportunity. Um, and and yet yeah, we did steal a couple of days. So the ep- we shot the original pilot in I want to say 14 days. We shot the second pilot in 12 and then all the rest of our productions are 8 day schedules.
3: Okay. I'm curious with this the opportunity to approach Addison's introduction again, did you did you take a different path at the way you were approaching the character?
0: Um I don't think so much because I still I still kind of believed especially in the first one and you guys saw the pilot or the new pilot um there's an element of what just happened. Like when a, when a bone breaks and like the pain almost hasn't set in yet, like what just happened? I, you know, I'm, I'm still grappling with that through much of it. Um, and, and so other than like what's wonderful about the relation and sitting in the relationships more and like leaning on them for, for, for comfort and support and love, um, which we definitely did. In, in 101 much more, we had the, a wonderful opportunity, but for grappling with, cause this is the first time Addison's been in the leap just as much as Ben's been in the leap. Um, and you know, she's still, like, when things come at her, it's natural to think it's gonna hit you. You don't realize, you know, it's not instinctually, you're not ready for it to go through you like a hologram. You, it's just, she's learning how to be in it which I'm, I'm so excited as, as time's gonna go on because I know everyone to include me just is devastated over the loss of Dean Stockwell and his owl was so fun. And the Alan um, Sam relationship was so fun, but even in the beginning, there was that time where they were still trying to figure it out. They were still trying to like, Oh, what is happening? It's not safe yet. It's not, We're not, we're not at a place where we think everything's going to be okay. You know, there's, it's still very, um, you know, there's an anxiousness to it. And then as the season goes on and as, as Ben and Addison get more comfortable leaps, just like as Alan, Sam got more comfortable with leaps. That's when you start to have all this space for fun and, you know, there's never going to be a Dean, more un, another Dean Stockwell. He was one of the best American actors of all time. I can't be better than Dean ever was. And I can't outdo Dean being Dean. There's just, there's never going to be that. So we had to have a different relationship. And what's great is that Ben isn't exactly Sam. And, and so it, we get to be something different. But what that heart of like, I'm very invested, Addison's so invested in the outcome, obviously she loves Ben, this is her family, You know, this is her life, but, and like, these are all exciting and we have jobs to do, um, but there is an aspect of like me being able to have my little popcorn sometimes and be like, oh, this looks tough for you. We should, uh, we should figure that out. You know? <laughs> and, and I think that's if, once we, once we get past these, like first, you know, one or two, once we start to establish what this show is and we can settle into more of the fun of it. I think that's when, especially like the quantum leap fans, the ones that mourn Dean as much as I do, um, we'll start to see that, that yumminess again.
1: Mm-hmm. One thing that I wanted to maybe circle back on, one thing that I noticed and that we've discussed on the podcast uh, before the interview played, um, they went very quickly through um, the, the basic premise, the setup. It seemed like um, this was a pilot that was set up for a more general audience just to reintroduce the concept without dwelling too much on the geek stuff, on the science stuff, on the leap stuff. Um, do you uh, have little moments as the series progresses over the next few episodes where you linger a little bit more on those aspects just to explain them more fully?
0: Yeah. Yep. We had to get through them in the pilot because they really wanted they want like Martin just said it in the TCA panel. Um, they wanted this show to have a low bar of entry so that you didn't have to have watched all the seasons of Quantum Leap to enjoy this. But just like, you know, you're going to start to we have more space and time for the relationship. We also have more space and time for like the nerd side of Quantum Leap, which I am particularly excited about. And that's so much of Ian and like so much of me and Ian and Ian's working on things. And I'm kind of like, can you (sighs) English, you know, and then uh, and that's fun. And yes, so you're going to see a lot more of that.
1: That's great that's the stuff that the fans really want to see and from the way you're speaking about it um it seems like you were a fan of the original series how much did you know about uh the old quantum leap before getting the job
0: totally i so i I was aware of it but I was just a little under the age group i think i th- um belisario at that point was making jag and that was a household watch in our I mean, of course it was. I was in the army and then I went to law school. So somebody watched <laughs> Jag. <laughs> somebody grew up on Jag. Um, but uh, my dad was a huge fan and he had watched it with my older siblings. Uh, I have two half siblings. Uh, so And they were uh, 10 and 13 years older. So they'd watched it. Um, so I've now gone back and, and watched. I think I'm in, I think I want to say I'm in episode three. Um, or episode three, uh, season three, um, and still working my way through. And I mean, it's like, sometimes, sometimes I have to stop because I'm like, Dean's so good. <laughs> I'm like, I can't do that. I have to do me. It's just too, he's too good there. He's too good at what he does. Um, but it's, it's, it's really for the fans. I, I think it's such a wonderful fan base and they loved it for the right reasons, So, you know, like it's a, it's, I feel like it's part of my job to work as much as I can in and and really study Dean's work and and honor him. And I talk to Deborah about him all the time. And Deborah, we're very sad because Deborah always says, like, I'm like, I think I would like Dean. And she goes, you would. And he would have loved you. And it just like, Mm -hmm. it's sad because, oh, I wish I had met him.
4: Oh, I wish I had met him. But I'll do my best. I mean, I think it's great that you want to honor his legacy, but also do your own thing. And I think that's the best way to approach it, because, you know, it's not trying to be the old show. It's trying to be its its own thing, but still honor the legacy of the show. And I think that's a great way to, to blend both worlds together.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And to just extrapolate on that a little bit, um... You had mentioned before about how great it was to be able to reshoot so that you got a sense of the family before the family was broken and what these people meant to each other. We almost joined you like in media res, like everybody knows each other. Yeah. And you guys had like um, moments where we could tell that you're all old friends does the show explore a little bit about um, sort of the continuation from the old project? Because Sam is invoked, Al is invoked. So it's very much a season six, not just a yeah. reboot. Um, do we get to see how this team came together, how you built this whole new version of Project Quantum Leap in California? Is, is, is that going to be peppered in?
0: It is. Um, but before we get to that, they're really wrestling with Wide Bend Do It. And as stuff starts to come out about that, that's kind of like uh, what I like to call the nearest alligator. That's the thing closest. Um, so that's kind of what we're doing first, but all of that's like, you know, sprinkled. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get that and we'll get deeper into that. Um, we, we definitely have to get it with magic and, and and they already have. They already shot, you know, like a good establishment of that. And we can't pretend like, It's a big surprise now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, So, yes, it's coming, but there's there's a lot of good stuff to get to before that, which is absolutely, like you said, um, a season a long a long awaited season six.
1: Right. So I guess what I'm inferring from from what you're saying there is that a lot of times in in shows, especially, um, you know, uh, like, say, Star Trek or whatever these days the whole season seems to revolve around one central mystery that drives the plot and the story forward. Are you telling me that sort of the why Ben leaped is going to be only a small part of this season, it's not going the whole season's not going to hinge on them trying to figure it out or it's going to be resolved a little sooner?
0: That's definitely the big question. And 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 there's and the comp what I'm saying is that you are going to get some of your continuations Whilst we try and answer that question,
3: and then
2: yeah,
3: (laughs) carefully answered. um,
1: (laughs) Thank you. Doing (laughs) my best. (laughs) So, um, as the observer, you get to uh, handle. Probably the most iconic piece of tech on the show, which is the Handlink, and uh, the Handlink that we saw in this premiere episode is so vastly different from the original, but it has some of the same functions. It's it's a locator primarily. It's a conduit to Sam. It's also a holographic projector. Mm-hmm. Will future episodes give that more of a spotlight? Will we be able to see a bit more of what this new Handlink can do?
0: Uh, yes. Um, I don't, I think not for the first few, uh, what am I about to shoot? Hang out for seven.
3: <laughs>
0: okay.
4: <laughs> Interesting. And is no, it's I, funny
0: because the handling from the first pilot and the handling from the second pilot are different. So we kind of had to deal with that.
1: You got and, my next question. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and we, I just shot that. And um, and yeah, I, I I certainly nodded to Dean whilst whilst dealing. Um, you'll see. Yeah, the handling uh, that was more of like a practical thing. We just had to make that make sense. <laughs> Why does that look so different? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it's um, you'll see. It's exciting. It made me, when I read it, I was like,
4: okay, that made me excited. <laughs> cool. Look, I'm just stoked, okay? I'm not great at the interview <laughs> stuff. I will be upfront about this. I'm just stoked. I'm really stoked about this new show. You know, there's lots of exciting things coming up, but I'm really glad that we're able to talk to you about it. Like, and I'm glad to see your enthusiasm about it as well. Oh, I'm so pumped. I mean, I'm just so, I'm also, I'm really excited to talk to the fans because
0: I know, like, I know I'm as heartbroken as they are of the loss of Dean. And so, like, I just, I just, you know... Let's just try it. Just try it out. Just try it on. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're we're working for it.
3: The fans are ready for something new and it, it's very clear that everyone involved is cares so much about this. Everything we've seen in interviews so far, um yeah, the the passion that you're showing right now it seems to be shared by everyone and that's just uh that's that's mm-hmm. going to come through and it it came through in episode 1 definitely. Um yeah. we could tell. It's a strong yeah. story. And it'll just
0: get It just, like I said, the more space we have, the the calmer the story gets. And the more space we have, the more you'll see it.
1: I I would be remiss to not ask this because I think our listeners would um, string me up. Um, Might there be a a, a trip to a long defunct Project Quantum Leap somewhere in the deserts of New Mexico as the series goes on?
0: I haven't seen it yet. But we shall see.
1: (laughs) Ah, Fair enough. (laughs) Are there any other tidbits that, uh, we haven't talked about that, that you can maybe drop. And if not, I understand.
2: No,
0: but but it's it like, it's there. It's they're They're layering this story in with so much that I think people are going to be really excited about. Um, that does make it a long-awaited season six. So, um, yeah, give us give us a good shot. We're we're doing the we're doing the best we can to make this like a great quantum leap sequel, and not just you know a brand new version of some old IP.
3: We understand you 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 did the pilot in Vancouver. You've got a twelve-episode run that you're shooting at the moment, and waiting to hear about a further nine. Is that right?
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we drop on Monday, and then you know our guess is we'll hear in the next month or so. But um, yeah, we'll see. Well, that, what goes. I'm
1: hearing is guaranteed twelve episodes of Quantum Leap is what I'm hearing. So
0: that's also what I heard. Yeah,
1: who, who, who thought no. we'd be here?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, how it's, can anyone?
4: It, how can anyone be mad about? 12 more episodes. There's some people that are just against, you know, doing anything else. How can mm-hmm. they be mad? You get more, you, you get, get more, more. <laughs> right? Like it or don't, you get the option.
0: <laughs> sure.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you have been more than generous with your time. Caitlin, is there any aspect of the show or the character of Addison that we haven't touched upon that you'd like to discuss that you'd like to expand upon?
0: I don't think so right now. I think I think we're gonna explore it in the show, and and I'd like to, you know, hopefully talk to you guys again after a few more episodes or after this season, and we can yeah. kind of see where we are there because I think that'll oh. be.
1: Yeah, um, that's that you've that's that's our master plan. Uh, we're inviting you back right now All after right. the season yeah. is over, so the we can talk best. about everything. No, yes. <laughs> it will be an extravaganza. <laughs> so. Well, all right. Um, Again, Caitlin, thank you so much for joining us today on the Quantum Leap podcast. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you for having me.
4: You know, my favorite part of that interview was when she mentioned that in the future she wants to like... uh, you know, have scenes where it's like you know eating popcorn. Like, hey, it sounds like you're having trouble on that leap because <laughs> yes. uh, it immediately made me think that she's going to show up on the leap with two big sacks of snacks <laughs> and groceries <laughs> just for herself. Into yes. chair that says, I really that think says "This says is going to happen." <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs>
4: Addison, what, what? What am I doing here? Why haven't I leaped? Oh well, because uh, Matlock's on. They haven't done a Matlock remake. What is it? A Magnum P.I. is on. Magnum remake. Yep,
1: that'll that's
3: Magnum's yes. on. <laughs> Hawaii Five O is on.
4: Magnum and Quantum Leap on the same night. Whoa!
3: <laughs> Stay tuned, folks. Caitlin's trying to play it all cool, but she is a mega nerd and she she knows this stuff. She's like she's seen that trailer. She loves it as well. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah she she was so funny and i
4: i really hope that we can uh we get to see more of that side of her as it goes and i think that we will so that gives me hope too like uh yeah great stuff she was funny
1: she was great she's yeah Uh, thank you so much caitlin for coming on the show i mean i feel like gosh
4: what what a get for our first episode out the gate. She even suge- she 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 suggested coming back without us having to be like, "Hey, right. you want to come here, please?" That ain't that ain't I a suggestion. That's us. a promise.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I hope she liked us. I mean, we liked her. So, yeah,
4: yeah, we're best friends now, no, it's basically. <laughs> yeah, we're all best friends. Yeah. She
3: seems genuinely respectful of what's come before and wants to yeah. do right by. Dean slash Al and that, that would be a very easy thing just to say but I, I really got the, the feeling that she meant that and yeah. I think it's absolutely right that she shouldn't try and mimic Al it just wouldn't work so it's, yeah. it's good that she's just she's doing her own thing and paying respects yeah. in her own way, it's good Yeah, and it's great because
1: we did talk a lot about the writing earlier in the show but the fact that both Caitlin and Mason, who we've also spoken to, have Basically said straight out, we understand the shoes that we're trying to fill. We understand where we're coming from and we want to be hypersensitive and respectful to that. Not only do you have writers that I think are really invested in that, but you also now have the actors playing these characters fully cognizant of the legacy that they're carrying on. And that to me bodes well because – it's, it's not just like, okay, this is my paycheck this week. It's like we're building something here. And just the, the level of sincerity that that engenders and that they bring to trying to make this as special as possible, it, it just speaks volumes. It gives me even more hope than we had been, you know, talking about with all of the good stuff that we saw being laid down in the pilot. I mean, this, this just sort of cements all of the positives So thank you, Caitlin, for bringing that sort of peace of mind and knowing that you guys are working on that level as well. Ah, good stuff. Good stuff. So you know what else is good stuff, guys? Hmm. We Hmm. have some – well, they're not new patrons, but uh, we have some returning patrons. I just want to welcome them back into the fold. They are Katie Hogan. And Richard Thomas. Thank you for coming back, Katie and Richard. They are both supporting us.
3: Yay. Welcome back. Yeah.
1: They're supporting us at the $5 Leaper level. Now, for new listeners out there who don't know anything about our Patreon site, uh, you can find it at patreon.com slash quantum leap podcast. You will find various tiers of membership all the way from $1 to $20 a month. The one dollar and two dollar levels are programmer and observer. There you'll see um, any sort of general videos that we release that are usually included in monthly newsletters. You'll have access to that. And um, at the $2 Observer level, you'll also get a shout-out on the show. At the $3 level, that's the Quantum Leap Book Club level, uh, we have been reviewing the Quantum Leap Novel Series for the last several months, ever since we got through the original series proper. And uh, we created the book club just in honor of that. And if you support at that $3 Book Club level, you will also get my favorite thing in the world a nifty Quantum Leap Podcast bookmark with a beautiful front like an exploding hand link design and the back lists all the books at the you
4: can even use it in your Quantum Leap novels (laughs) I discovered
3: wow Allison tell us more about that mind
4: blown
3: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, at the $5 level,
1: like Katie and Richard are, you get access to all of our exclusive bonus content that we post over on Patreon. We have several different exclusive shows, one of them being Fangent. That is where Alice and Matt and I talk about stuff that's not Quantum Leap, but we geek out about regardless. Uh, There is a show called Leaps Elsewhere, where we discuss other projects that star either Scott Bakula or Dean Stockwell. We might have to expand the Leaps Elsewhere to do Raymond Lee and Caitlin Bassett and Mason and Ernie and then Rissa. Wow, we'll be doing leaps elsewhere for the rest of our lives. And we also have an interview show where we interview patrons about their Quantum Leap fandom. That comes in at the $10 Oh Boy level. If you support at the $10 Oh Boy level, I, Christopher DeFilippis, host of the Quantum Leap podcast, will find you and will talk to you about your Quantum Leap fandom. And we'll make a whole show out of it and put it on the Patreon feed for everybody to hear. And then at the $20 (laughs) producer level, you get a producer credit on the show. And you'll hear some producers mentioned uh, during the credits of this show. So thank you, one and all, to all of our new patrons, all of our returning patrons, all of our longtime patrons. We literally could not do the show without you. That's
3: patreon.com slash Quantum Leap Podcast. Now, Chris, before you carry on, can I just say, you, you really sounded like you were going to say you had a particular set of skills there. You, I, <laughs> as somebody that's been interviewed by Chris, i got to say being interviewed by Chris is lovely. It's it's not terrifying <laughs> at all. <laughs> I'll terrify you if I need to. got to oh, You, yeah. got
4: to, you got to <laughs> Is he content. shining a spotlight in your face right now making you say that?
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is that okay, Chris? Was it right? Was that what I'm I was sorry, I'm, to t- say?
4: I'm just
1: in chill mode. I get, you know. I get. So, yeah. So, patreon.com slash quantum leap podcast. Always be shilling. Always be shilling. Shillin'. Uh Now, this is the point of the show where we usually go into feedback, but since this is the first episode of the new series, we don't really have any feedback that pertains to it. So I'm going to skip that and tell you there are many ways that you can reach us here at the Quantum Leap Podcast. If you have some feedback about July 13th, 1985, you can send us a letter, an actual letter at P.O. Box five forty two. Bayport, New York 11705. That's P.O. Box 542, Bayport, New York 11705. You can get us by phone at 707-847-6682. You can email us at quantumleappodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash quantumleappodcast. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quantumleappod. And you can also comment on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash the quantum leap podcast just remember that we may use your response on an upcoming episode of the quantum leap podcast and speaking of up next this episode of the podcast is over but you can continue the conversation on the premiere episode of the quantum leap podcast after show Woo! so that's over on our youtube channel again youtube.com slash the quantum leap podcast we have been promoting the youtube channel for months now and all of the amazing content that Albie has been producing so this is sort of like his baby his flagship don't miss the premiere the format of the show is Albie and a special guest talking about the new quantum leap and joining him for this first episode is quantum leap co-executive producer hayden mcqueenie familiar name to many of you out There, You can also see video versions of the Caitlin Bassett interview, as well as interviews that we've done with Leo Suh, Dan Estrate, and Miley Dudek. They also, all three of those people appeared in this episode. Leo was at the engagement party. Dan is this shady, fake jewelry dealer at the pawn shop. <laughs> what was his name in the episode? It was really Horace. cool. Horace, 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 yeah, he was Horace in the episode, and Miley was the daughter of Ryan. Uh, She had a nice little scene with Ryan's Mm. family moment there when we realized that he really wasn't a bad guy after all. So,
4: Albie's daughter Rennie did that interview. It's so stinking cute.
1: (laughs) It's lovely. Yeah, that is a first for the Quantum Leap podcast. Uh, Renny was terrific at it and Miley had a ball too. So both of them are just, yeah, they're such little Quantum Leap nerds. I love it.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Uh. Yeah, if uh, if anyone is uh, listening who's new to the podcast, you're not familiar with Albie or Hayden or uh, Rennie or any of <laughs> the other people, yeah, definitely check that after show out. Um, they're just super enthusiastic about all things Quantum Leap. This show started because of Albie and uh, his enthusiasm for the show and all the messages uh, that it espouses to people. And uh, yeah, so you really uh, should check out what he has to say. He's putting in a ton of work.
1: Yeah. And I mean, the YouTube channel is like bigger and more expansive than it's ever been. So it's really showing. And uh, we're growing by leaps and bounds. We got all the
4: trailers there.
1: All the trailers. All the trailers in 4K. We were the first with many of them. So leaps leaps and bounds, leaps and bounds. It's just growing day by day. So go over there and join the party over there as well. There are many parties happening here at the Quantum Leap Podcast. So uh, again, that's youtube.com slash the quantum leap podcast the after show should be live right now so go over and and take a look have some fun over there (sighs) all right guys i i think that uh that we're done but we're not really done because we're gonna go weekly now we have a new episode a week this is so so mind-blowing and taking it back old
4: school matt
3: matt why don't you why don't you why don't you tell us what's what's next sure the next episode uh episode two Atlantis, where uh, Ben is going to find himself on a space shuttle in 1995. Exciting stuff. The 90s. We're in the 90s. When did the 90s become old? Holy
2: smokes. I don't like this.
3: (laughs) Yeah, you know. This is going to be some crazy stuff.
4: Uh, Closest they got to space in um, the original show, (laughs) Diaper Monkey. So, I mean, it it depends on who you ask, but gotta go uphill from there right
3: well I, as long as we see ben in a diaper in this one then we're all good right?
4: that's what astronauts have to do right yeah.
3: they wear space diapers well, then.
1: and now you're getting a sneak preview of the caliber of content that is going to be on episode <laughs> two deep analysis about atlantis <laughs> oh i can't wait to discuss it with you guys until that time i have been christopher d Philippus. i've been allison pregler And I've been Matt Dale. And we'll see you on the shuttle, everyone.
2: Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Quantum Leap Podcast, hosted by Allison, Matt, and Chris, with voice talent and contributions from Hayden McQueenie and Zoe Dean. Visit us at quantumleappodcast.com. To support the show, please go to patreon.com slash quantumleappodcast. The executive producer of the Quantum Leap Podcast is Albert Burge. Christopher D. Philippus and Hayden McQueenie are the co executive producers. Special thanks to our producers, Joshua Burwald, Jeff Kiska, Craig Riedler, Cosplay Dad, Charles Allen Gossard, and Morgan Felden. The thoughts expressed on this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those of the Quantum Leap podcast, its partners, or affiliates. The Quantum Leap universe and all it contains is the property of Belisarius Productions and Universal Television. The Quantum Leap podcast is not affiliated with Belisarius Productions or Universal Television, and no copyright infringement is intended. Please visit Baronspace.com for this and other amazing content. The Quantum Leap podcast is a Baronspace production.
1: Because I know he's Mr. Blooper Reel. He'll put everything in. All right. Um, Oh, God. (laughs) Should we stop again? It's okay. I'm definitely going to listen to it before we drop the episode. So So I'm listening to you, Burge. All right. um, It's fun to be able to yell at an editor again.
4: Yeah, there were a couple times during the interview, I like burped a little. I'm like, I hope that didn't. No one can hear that. I didn't hear it. <laughs> you know
1: you can okay, mute your microphone, do. right? There's a little button.
4: I d I, I didn't know. I don't I don't do loud burps. I can't even make myself burp if I want to, but like I just, you know, it was a couple mm. of little like
3: <laughs> and in front of Mason too.
4: I know, I'm like, I don't want to be a slob. <laughs> I'm
3: so embarrassed. I I'd be like, collar.
4: Welcome to the interview, burp.
1: I'm embarrassed for you and embarrassed by you. <laughs>
3: This is nothing new there was
4: that thoughtful answer you gave us <laughs> 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 That's
3: real cool Slip That's, a quick you know, fart you... out as well Why not Put them at their ease <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Currently premiere September 19
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Smoke them if you got them <laughs> I'll stop it you guys I've just had a bunch of coke I'm going to need to go to the toilet before we start now <laughs>
1: You literally funnied the piss out of Matt.
4: Uh, I guess. Hmm? Do an ASMR. (laughs) Hey, guys. (laughs) Welcome to the Quantum Leap Podcast. (laughs)
3: Whispering. We're going to be
4: talking about... Pilot today.
3: Right, I'm done. Oh, good. Hopefully, right. <laughs> what a sultry whisper. <laughs> it, it was. It was lovely. I almost went to sleep.
1: Um... All right, now take it from Allison's doing that stuff. and All right, <laughs>
4: whatever the hell I just That's talked right. about
1: the magic of editing. So, yeah. so cool. yeah. Now she she Megan was funny. Nerd. July. What the hell's the name of this episode? July
3: 13th, two five. That shit happens.